do us a quick favor guys hit the follow subscribe button share this with someone who would benefit from it and help us grow as the more we grow the better the episodes we'll get thanks guys for helping us and let's get into the episode So if I give one second to something, I might get two cents for a bat. So you're investing and over, over time, it compounds and compounds and compounds. So that now I have two X of what I give. Every single day that goes by, I grow very, very fast because the things I do are with purpose. The things that I do, I've been doing for a long time and maybe I haven't been doing them for a long time, but I've been doing other things prior and I've refined that model even more, even more. That now my one cent I give for every second is at that three cent mark. It could be at that four cent mark, it could be at that five cent mark. You have to start experimenting, start to find better ways of doing it and consistently do it over a long period of time so you get the highest ROI on what you give failing. Finding what works for you and what doesn't. That's very important. And he's here. He is here. Cristiano has entered the building. kind of for a little bit of a weird uh, self-awareness technique that you can use. I'll go through a few different techniques for self-awareness that we can use in other episodes, but this is going to be one method that you guys can use to, I guess, help you understand where your time and energy goes and to allocate specific, let's say, rewards to where you spend your time or incentives. And to go over the discussion points, we'll go for four kind of parts. And it's going to be number one is understanding your energy as a currency. And number two is assessing the energy expenditure. Part three is identifying high ROI energy investments. And then strategy for maximizing that energy ROI. And I'll, I'll give you many examples of what a, a good day could look like, what a bad day could look like. And also just some tasks that give you an immediate ROI and some tasks that you could probably start to invest your time and energy into so you get a higher ROI in doing link. So with the first kind of topic point, so understanding energy as a currency. So kind of just trying to introduce the kind of, I guess, theory to you. So the energy as a currency, let's say philosophy and now, don't get me wrong, I don't know if someone's made videos about this before. I don't know if someone's, you know, had their own kind of philosophy or methodology behind this. This is actually just a term that I conned myself. And it's a methodology which I have also used time and time again. But I can't say that I, you know, I guess there would be other people in the world who may have made similar videos, but I haven't watched them. They may have better techniques, but we're going to go through what I know and what's worked for me. And also just from doing a bit of research of how you can frame specific things and we'll, we'll go through that. So with energy, it comes through where your focus is. It's every single task that we do. Now, the whole reason why I started kind of thinking about this is because when you start realizing how much time you have in your day, and similar to the last few episodes that I've been talking about, how we all have the same 24 hours. You have to understand that where you give your energy, you will see the most reward for it, good or bad. Now, that comes in with consequence and responsibility for everything you do. So, it kind of has to do with time pressure as well. Time pressure is something that I really use to push and to... I guess, bring awareness to where and what I'm doing. With time pressure, I, I see it as a very, very valuable asset. I have time pressure on my phone. As soon as I open up my phone, I can see it says how many days I have till X. It could be a goal. It could be till I get back to um, 
for, for example, the most recent one I had was time left in Germany before I go to Australia. And I really wanted to make sure that I left no stone unturned. So every single day I would see how much time I have left in Germany before I'd head back to Australia for the holiday. Now, what else I have is I have my lifespan, which is a little bit dark, but that's ultimately what time pressure is, I think. So I've got that on my phone. I've got how long of this month is complete, how long of this week is complete, how long of this year is complete. And then I also have how long of this day is complete. Now that's time pressure. So that's just bringing awareness to what you have in the day, what you have in your week, what you have in your month, what you have in your year, what you have left of your life. Now that brings a lot of perspective and time pressure, I think is really important. Now, where the currency comes into that is imagine every second of your life was worth one cent or one dollar, however much you deem worthy. Actually, you can probably play around with it. Um, but whatever you give to every single second, you need to, you will get a return on your investment. So me, every single second that I give into this podcast, I hope to see a return right? Everything that I do football-wise, I hope to see a return on. So everything of which I do, I want to see a return on. Now, when people don't have this way of thinking, then they do things that maybe don't give them the best return. Maybe it's, you know, the common one that I always say, it's scrolling social media with no real purpose. It's a very, very low ROI thing because it's also a negative onto your attention span, onto, I guess, just the way you frame things. It could be very addicting, so you're wasting time. You're not really getting a return on your investment in a positive way. So therefore, when you start to realize where your energy is going and realizing that you can get an investment and you can get a positive investment from those things, that can really help you start to identify areas of where you should be giving more attention to. So... If you think about, I would give throughout my day a dollar. So that could be 100 seconds. If I give a dollar to just focusing on my breath every single day. If I do this every single day, I stack a dollar into the breath work. So by the end of the year, I've got $365 of breath work. Now, maybe in a few years time, that $365 and I continue for that for let's say four years. So I've got 365 times, 365 times, 365. And if you're a nerd, you know it's 366 probably. Is that how many days are in the leap year? I don't know. Whatever it is, you'd have X amount of money left in your bank account. Well, you're in your breathing bank account, let's say. Now, we all know about, well, I hope we all know about compound. So if we think about the compound rate of investing our money into something if we're investing our money into something that gives us a good roi then let's say there's a time uh, a yeah times 0.2 multiplier now that's a very very low roi thing to be investing our money in but there's still a positive okay now by the end of the four years is up we would have more money in that account because we've done it every single day. And it's not, it's, it's more than the one cent or one dollar we did every single day. So at the end of it, if we divide the, let's just do the minutes actually. So let's go 365 times four. So by the end of the four years, we should have the $1,460. Okay. Then, if we think or see that as a positive task that we are doing and we have a, let's say, I think breathing is not, focusing on your breath isn't the biggest investment of your time, nor is it the most um, impactful, although it is a positive. So let's say it's a 2% over the four years compounding. So times 1.02, pretty sure that's right. Okay, so we'd have $1,489.2. So that's more than what we would have had without a compound. So if we then divide that by the 
365 times 4, or whatever it is, we'd be able to see that for every dollar we put away, over four years, we've gotten more for it. Now, if we go into a... So essentially also the goal of getting more money is using your time more efficiently and getting you closer to where you want to go, okay? So when you start delegating your time into things that give you a very high ROI, you get more reward for it. You're stacking time away. And that could be time or money where you're getting more time in return. So you're being more efficient for your investments. Let's say it's you're getting closer to your goals. So for every you know dollar you get over the time that you've invested, that's getting you much, much closer to your goals. Now, let's go into a more obvious ROI kind of task. Let's say that's the mental work. So if we're investing, let's say 30 minutes a day, now 30 times 60, so 30 minutes times 60 seconds. We have 1,800 sets, okay? Now, with that money every single day, if we do 30 minutes so times 365, we have 657,000. So 657,000 cents. Now, if we were to compound that over X amount of years, then we would see much much bigger return. And when you have something that is giving you such a high return on your investment, you also have to realize where the negative thing could come in. So if we're, we have two tables kind of, that we're framing, and we're saying all about positive stuff is here, and we're getting a surplus of money, what's the negative doing? So if we're getting a negative that's tearing us down, and we're investing our time into things that give us a very, very low or negative return on investment, then that's just dragging us further and further away. And when it's got a compounding effect, like, you know, interest does, or uh, the compound effect itself, it's taking us so much further away. So your energy and where you take your energy and put it towards, having it in a positive side of the graph, let's say it's to the right side of the graph, this is where the positive side is. That's very important. So you have to understand where your money is going and also investing it in the right places. So that's where it comes from, okay? That's where you need to start delegating your money, your time, your energy into the right things. The reason why we can also call your time or compare your time to money is because your time is finite. Your time is a resource and you won't get it back. 20 seconds ago when I was saying something about your time and, and your money, I don't, I can't, I can't take that time back. I can't go back in time and change what I said, right? Your time is valuable. It's finite and it's a very, very, very valuable resource to get you close to where you want to go. So you need to spend your time and your money wisely. Okay. So figuring out the things that give you the highest ROI, stop doing the things that give you a low ROI will get you close to where you want to go. Okay. So the next um thing that i want to go over is what a high roi day can look like and then what a low roi day can look like so what we have here is 6 a.m you wake up now i said again i've just chosen 6 a.m because i think it's a good time we should know that the time of which you wake up doesn't necessarily matter if you will have the same 24 hours in the day Maybe it helps you get a bit more productive, although this is completely up to the individual, so therefore you should probably watch it. Watch that video, or we all have the same 24 hours. But if we wake up and engage in your morning habits at 6 a.m., this could be your meditation, your stretching, and your exercise. It could be very mundane things, reading a book, brushing your teeth. All it is is getting you on that flight a week, which is another episode we're going to talk about. That's a good start to your day, all right? You've already got some immediate return on investment. Let's say it's through brushing your teeth. It could be, I mean, even that in itself, that's, that's a long-term investment as well. But there are immediate things that are like stretching. Again, it's also long-term. But the things that can give you a return on your investment are all positive. So if you start even wanting to be that, that's very good. You're putting money in the bank. 
So then we go to 7 a.m. We've got strategic planning and maybe setting your process goals for the day. Putting more money in the bank. 8 a.m., let's say we focus on the, the most high priority tasks for the day and they align with where we want to go. If you're a business person, it could be your business objectives. If you're a sports person, it could be your sports objectives. Let's say this could even be your training session again. At 12 p.m., you have a good, healthy lunch and a productive break. You're, let's say, watching some productive videos, a podcast, anything like this. Maybe you're networking, trying to meet some people. 1 p.m., you could be working on strategic business development. Or if you're a footballer, it could be analyzing. You could be going to the gym. Let's say at 3 p.m., you're doing some more work. And for a businessman, it could be collaborating with the team on a project. And 4 p.m., we could do a review. Now for a footballer, that could be a match performance. It could be someone else's game that you're watching, whatever it is. All of these habits are helping us get closer to where we want to go because these are investments of our time. Now, throughout the day, you can see that these small investments of where our time is going should all be for positive things. Now, I think that most people probably do positive things throughout their day, most of the positive things. Let's say it's probably like at 85% they're doing the right things. But that 15% really drags them down. Now, I think that we all know that negativity speaks louder than positivity. If I was to say, well, actually, if we were to get a pool of eight people and seven of those eight were going to say that you look great today, that, sorry, that, uh, yeah, sorry, that you look great today, and that one out of eight says that you look really ugly, you're probably going to remember that one. And that has the same kind of effect to where your time goes as well. So when you've got a compounding effect or a percentage effect on where your time is going in a negative, then that severely outweighs all of the positive work that you're doing. Now, if we compare someone who is in a surplus of a few dollars every single day. So if we look at this person's schedule of uh, what I have down here is only positive things, getting them close up to where they want to go. And as I said, I think most people probably would have around an 85% positivity rate to where they want to go. Maybe it's not the most efficient. The most efficient would be left over with a surplus of probably thousands of dollars at the end of the day, which is, I would imagine that's where I am. I am pretty confident that I am at the, the top echelons of people who are investing the time into good things, getting the most reward out of it. Now, those people, let's say they're left with a surplus of $1,000 every single day. So what that looks like is over five years, they've got the compound effect so much that the time that they're giving, so if I give one second to something, I might get two cents for a bat, right? So you're investing and over, over time, it compounds and compounds and compounds. So that now I have two X of what I give to, let's say it's the mental work that I do. Over time, it just gives me more and more and more. So at the end of the day, I could have thousands of dollars. Now, if we look at someone who doesn't have those thousands of dollars, let's say they've got $50 left over. Maybe they're still doing everything that's positive, but maybe they're just starting out. Maybe they're just starting out with these new habits, routines, things like this. Or let's say they're doing everything right for 85% of the time, but that 15% of the time, is that 15%? I hope that's 15%. I think it is. For that 15, yeah, it is. That 15% of the time, it's tearing them down. And maybe there could still be a surplus of, you know, hundred dollars or so however however much it is now again this this ratio of your time and, and money is completely individual now you don't have to write this out but i think the awareness is very important so they could be at a surplus of you know just over that that base so if, if i was to sit down and do absolutely nothing for a day we could say that i have a investment of zero dollars at the end of that if you do a few tasks you know You've invested your time, so however many seconds are in the day. So let's just work this out. So if you have 24 hours in a day, then we have 60 seconds in every minute. And we have 60 minutes in every hour. Okay. So we'd have 60 seconds times 60 minutes. 
about 3,600 minutes, seconds in an hour. Then times 24, we have 86,400 seconds in a day. So if you were doing the bare minimum of the mundane tasks that don't get you any close to a goal. Now, I honestly can't really find or think of anything that gets you to this. I think that pretty much every single person throughout their day should be doing enough things to, you know, get them closer to at least a little bit to where they want to go. But let's say the, the average person is doing just normal things in their life. By the end of the day, they have $864 in their bank account for investments. Now, let's say that myself, everything that I do has purpose. The money of which I invest gives me so much more because I've been doing it for so much longer. The things that I do are with purpose and are with reason. Let's say I've three hexed that, okay? Let's say I've just three hexed the the productivity, the efficiency, and everything of what that person has done in their day. I have $2,600 in my account. So that's quite a lot of difference. And that's because where I'm investing my time, it's not a one-to-one -one ratio. Where that person before, who I said was at that number of $864 at the end of the day, the stuff of which they may be doing for every second they have in the day, it gives them a one-to-one -one ratio of return. Okay, so that looks like the bare minimum, I would say. So a normal person, $864 at the end of the day, me, $2,600. Big difference. So for every three days, sorry, for every one day that they have, I have three days, essentially. That's how efficient my time is. Now, if they have their 365 days in their year, After one year, looking at their money and my money and how many days I gave them a return for that one day, I would have 1,095 days compared to their 365, financially-wise, if we're thinking about where the time and energy is going, okay? For, for them to actually make up one day. Now, if we look at that on the grass and we're thinking for every one day that they have, that's equivalent to my, sorry, for every three days, for every one day that I have, that's equivalent to, let's say, 0.33 of theirs. So they're here, and I'm already here on the graph, let's say here. Okay. Every single day that goes by, I grow very, very fast. For them, you know, it's quite stagnant. It can still be quite a positive graph. Although mine, my efficiency is going up so much higher. Because the things I do are with purpose. The things that I do, I've been doing for a long time. And maybe I haven't been doing them for a long time, but I've been doing other things prior. And I've refined that model even more, even more. That now my one cent I give for every second is at that three cent mark. It could be at that four cent mark. It could be at that five cent mark. So my productivity is so much higher than theirs. Now, I think that we kind of get that... Um, philosophy of investing that compounds uh how how also the efficiency works that like my my one day is equivalent to their three days it's a it's all hypothetical although there is a lot of truth in it and of course i'm only attaching metaphorical numbers and digits to it although you can see this play out in real time through looking at people at the age of 18 and looking at myself at the age of 18 or comparing myself to someone in a similar field or whatever it is. That's how you can kind of see it being played out in real time. Now, the low ROI day, it would look like waking up without a specific plan. Actually, what I'll do is I'll read out exactly everything that I've written in this low ROI day. So wake up without a specific plan or purpose. Engage in unproductive activities, i.e., scrolling through social media or watching TV. 10 a.m. responding to emails and performing admin tasks. 11 a.m. getting distracted by non-work-related conversations or activities. 
12 p.m. is unstructured lunch break with no focus or professional growth. 1 p.m. is struggle with motivation and procrastination. 3 p.m. is attend non-essential meetings or engage in unproductive discussions. 4 p.m. is getting caught up in unimportant tasks or busy work. 5 p.m. lack of focus and direction feeling unproductive. 6 p.m. continue with unproductive activities or waste time with trivial matters. 7 p.m. feeling overwhelmed and unaccomplished. And 9 p.m. is reflect on waste of time and regret missed opportunities. Now, as I've mentioned, I think that it's quite hard to actually have a real, real negative surplus to what you're doing in a day. I think that maybe for some people it could be even in their weeks, you know, seven weeks and suck seven days in a week. Let's say out of the five working days they have and the two days that they don't, I'd say that you could have a pretty, let's say that, that baseline of what you give you get back at one-to-one ratio, $864 at the end of each day. Okay. And then for five days you have that. It's at 860, I think it was 864. 864 times five, we have 4,320. So that's the end of your working week. Let's say it's just a one-to-one ratio. And then on the weekend, let's say that you have a negative surplus. And for, let's say, seven hours, you're doing absolutely unproductive things. So let's remember that 432. Let me just write this down, actually. So we have a five-day period, which is, let's say, the average working week of someone. So five days, one, two, three, four, five, $864 here. And we repeat that five times. Over the week, I think I keep saying 865, I mean 864. Anyways, so by the end of this five days, which could be the average working weight, we have 432, sorry, $4,320 in our bank account. Now, on the 6th and 7th day. So let's say this is also the 24-hour period. So we've got 24 hours. Okay. 6th and 7th day, let's say that the time that we spend, cheat up, let's say on Saturday, 7 hours, let's say it's unproductive. We're doing absolutely nothing. In fact, we're doing things that tear us down. That could be you know, eating the wrong foods. It could be investing your money and time into things where it's, it could be actually money. You could be wasting your money on specific things. Let's say you bought seven hours of something that is 0.5 rather than, so for every cent that you give, you get 0.5 back or you even get a, let's actually, yeah, let's, let's say you get a zero, a negative 0.5. So if we're to do that for seven hours, Times point five. So we get three point five hours in return, but it's negative three point five. So whatever it is, the time that you get, you get a negative because of the things that you did. Okay. So at the end of the day, we could look at having a negative amount of money in our bank account because of the things that we've did. Now we have to realize that this will compound more. So actually the compound would be here. So for all the time that we have, it compounds much worse because of the negative effect. So by the end of the day, we could be less over with, well, sorry, we could be in a deficit of thousands of dollars because everything we do is taking us further and further away. So we have a surplus of 864 for a normal day. And let's say on one of these days, we've got a negative of 3000. And the next day, maybe we feel a little bit guilty, but maybe we're still in those same habits. So maybe we, maybe we, just, we don't feel like we're doing the best. And then 
let's say we have three hours. It's a little bit of a bit darker, and so it's at a negative zero point five. And you know, it compounds again. Maybe we have a negative balance of one thousand five hundred. It wasn't as bad as yesterday, although it was still pretty bad. Now, if we do the maths here, a pretty standard, pretty standard working week, okay, of a balance left in our bank account of $4,320. And then at the end of our weekend, we have a negative balance over $4,500. So for the two days that we had off, we managed to destroy or go over our five days of earnings. It doesn't always have to be over. It might not always be over. Although typically those two days of which we have may be tearing that down so much to where it's so unproductive to our, our small amount that we've earned it. Now you might say to me, Nick, I've seen your, your video on rest days. Okay. You might say, surely you're in a negative when you have your rest days. Now, what I would say to that is, yeah, you know what? On my rest days, I will be in a negative, but for me to be so high and for this number here to be so high, I'm actually going to highlight that in green. For this to be so high, my small number here on my rest day, my negative number has to be a negative in that case. Because for me to function and to me, for me to get the highest ROI in my time, I need to waste a bit of time. And that's because physically, you kind of have to save a bit of money because you can't give all of your money. So if you had in your day, you had, yeah, $864 with the, the base, the base price for your energy. And I was to give all of my energy to training. So minus an 865, I can't say 865. It's, and I keep writing 864. That's crazy. <laughs> um, but at the end of the day, we have zero dollars left from, let's say, just the work that I do. Now, this isn't fully transferable, although you should be able to understand with what I'm saying in terms of the, the physical expenditure I give. If I give so much of that and so much tension and my number is so high, for me, I also need a bit of incentive to push harder the next day to want to do better. Now that could be through a negative balance on the Sunday. That could be through guilt, which I think that is for me. I do kind of guilt trip myself into doing more, but I don't, I don't find a problem with that. I actually think that really helps me. Now, my rest days, let, let's say that this is the average, average person. I'd say I'm probably being a little bit harsh, although for the sake of this video, we'll go off extremes. So we'll say this is quite an extreme case. So we've got this person who is then weekly in a net negative of where they want to go. So 4,320 minus 4,500. So every single week, they have a negative balance of $180. Now that's not much, although it's still negative. Now, if we do the same thing for me, and I have the same days, except I work for six. So one, two, three, four, five, and six. And on the seventh, I rest. So if I, and again, we're, we're talking about me, who is in probably an extreme case where every cent that I give, so every second that I give, I get quite a high return on my investment because of the compound effect throughout the years. And the compound effect is only because you're getting more efficient with it. You're getting more refined with it. So the things that I do are so refined. Now, the reason why I, I gave the meditation example as a low compounding thing is because, you know, you may only get better and better by little amounts of time. And then even that, the highest reward that you get from meditation may only be itself similar to the rewards that you get at the beginning. But for training, you can always improve and improve and improve and improve even more. And you can start stacking it quite high so that was kind of a little side topic there about the um compound although let's go into this so every single day and for me every single day is groundhog day 
same thing. Now, I don't have a problem with that. I like it like that. Now, for the 24 hours I have in my day, nine hours of sleep. I already know that my sleep is really efficient because of whoop. So I sleep more than you would in your nine hours of sleep. So I already know that the time that I get from my sleep is better than yours. Over the years that I've been sleeping very well for, let's say for every cent that I give, I get two in return. So nine. Okay, so we're thinking about this on a centile scale here. So 600, let's, let's just go for every cent. Sorry, for every minute I have, let's say dollars. Actually, no, it's not about it. This is going to stuff up the, the previous one. Okay. Yeah, I have to do a bit of maths here. So nine hours into minutes. Nine times 60, 540. And then times into seconds. Three. Okay, so 32, four, seven. Just by me sleeping, it boosts my efficiency. Therefore, that's what one sleep looks like for me. What it looks like for you. Um, hold up. That is with no compound. Apologies. That is with no compound. Okay. Now let's say I personally have a cap of around for football. I have a cap of two hours max training. So let's say two. And my training is so efficient now and so precise and so with purpose that I would honestly say that my training sessions are probably like a times three multiplier. So again, I won't do the compound yet, but let's go. Two hours into seconds. So two times 60 times 60. So 7,200. So that would be 720. And then I do my recovery and I do my gym. Let's say an hour. And then we've got my... 316 and then for the rest of the day I'm doing my productive work now that varies in ROI although I would say for the remaining hours so I have 13 hours here um 13 no 12 hours in I thought 12 hours already now so the remaining 12 hours that I have let's go 12 times 60 times 60 so 43 Okay, for all of this time that I have. Okay, that's the same number as that. Hold up. I feel like I've done a little bit of maths incorrectly here. It's a little bit difficult going from here to here and doing the maths in my head. So that's the same number as the one above. Although, whatever it is, let's say there's an average compounding effect on everything that I'm doing here of a plus times three. So... However much it is, I would imagine that it's probably this number because that's the baseline of this up here. So let's just do the math again, actually. So whenever I have up here, times three, so what we're saying for, so their day, 4,320 4, times three. So I'm going to around 13,000 every single day. So it's equal to 12,960. So around 13,000 every day times six. So that gets me to here. Actually, we'll do that again. Doesn't look too neat. That gets me to here. And that equals 77,760. So that's at the end of my six days. Now, if we look at that seventh day and we take a look at this guy. So I'd say that probably on my rest day, I'd probably be pretty similar to this number, genuinely speaking. Like my rest days are very, very unproductive, but that's how I want them to be. So let's say, let's copy this exact formula here into my rest day. So we've got the 77,000 minus 
this. What we're going to do, jump. So we've got the 77,000. And then we've got the minus 3,000. Now, what we're left with is 777, 60 minus 3000. We're left with 74,760. Okay, let's put that into the graph of which I was kind of explaining before. We've got here, we've got money, let's say 100,000. So this is for a week. 100,000. And we're actually going to have to have a negative balance down here. Let's say 10,000. It's kind of hard to go that deep down. You have to be pretty big degenerate to go into your, to your minus. But let's go here. Oh, this is horrible graphing. Zero dollars. I mean, it's pretty evident to see where I'm going with this. But let's keep going with it. 50K and 5K. Now... On here, let's go week one, two, three, four, five, and so forth, whatever it is. We'll be able to estimate the remaining ones that is a stagnant graph of this at the moment. But let's say, for me, actually, this is going to be, we're going to have to do millions. We're going to have to do millions here. Okay. So for me, one week, I put almost 100k in the bank. Okay. So I start off here. The other person, their week, they're here. I put another 100k in. 80k, let's say, because that's what it actually is. I go up here. Next week, up here, up here, up here. And then throughout time, let's say over a year, I managed to, let's say I start off with a ratio of a times three multiplier on my days. Let's say at the end of the year, I'm, I'm finishing at around a, a 3.2 multiplier. So my graph starts to grow, starts to grow, starts to grow. And then it starts looking quite curved because it's exponential. And my time starts compounding, compounding, compounding. Now, I kind of stuffed up these digits on the side a little bit, but what I'm saying here is whilst I'm doing this, guess what the other person's doing? You know what? They might have a positive, a real, real positive week, you know, as I'm sure some people do. Again, this is an extreme, so it is a pretty degenerate person, but they could still be looking like this. They go down, down, down. Uh, it's a deep decline. So whilst I'm doing this, the others are doing that. Now, again, speaking in only hypotheticals, speaking in, you know, metaphors, speaking in uncertain and unmeasurable terms, the main message that we can get is that when I start doing the things of which I see very beneficial to me, as soon as I start refining them, as soon as I start getting more for my investments of my time, the faster I find, faster I climb up this side of the graph, the more degenerate I become, the more I waste my time, the more time I put into negative things, the quicker I go down this graph. Now, of course, I have said that to go down this side of the graph, I think is genuinely pretty hard. And maybe it is quite slow and it's maybe not too hard to get up. But if we're thinking of someone who is in the middle, let's say they're a bit of a degenerate, but they also have some good times. They're still nowhere near me. They're still probably climbing around here. Maybe they have a bit of pinks. Whatever it is, they're nowhere near me. Whilst I am getting this much of a difference on them, they're staying pretty stagnant. That's because the time that I give, I get the highest ROI on. Now, as I said, I think we kind of get that point. And what we're going to go on to now is, I hope that's screen reporting tape. Let's hope it does. Um, we're going to go on to 
the assessing energy and your expenditure. So, yeah, what we can go over is we can start looking at the examples of things that give you a high yield for your return. And I think that the most beneficial things, the most high ROI things are investing in yourself because at the end of the day, the people or the things of which I've showed you on that graph are severely dictated by you. So when you're able to get three cents for every cents that you invest into your time, that's dictated by you. That's dictated by the things of which you do. So when I spoke about the matrix and uh, confining your own matrix in the last episode, understanding how the matrix can really push you up that positive part of the graph that keeps you in alignment with your high ROI investments, okay? So you have to identify those high ROI investments. You can start very slow. I would honestly, as I said in the last video with the matrix, you should start very easy. Start simple, but then build on it. Once they become subconscious, build on them even more. You can start doing a bit more. You can start refining that a little bit more. Now, what I talk about refining, refining is the process of sculpting. And if we're going to put this in simple terms, okay, refining would be doing something more efficiently. So it's getting you closer to your goals faster with less energy given. Now, what that would look like, I'm just thinking of a very easy way of describing it. I, I would say, let's say you're a runner. And you need to run a marathon. And I am very fat. I have a very high resting heart rate. I eat all the wrong foods, whatever it is. I'm not in good shape to do my marathon. Let's say I do the marathon. Maybe I don't even finish it. Now, someone who is a more refined version of that, they know the things that will get them to their marathon goal much quicker. It could be eating the right foods, it could be getting your resting heart rate lower, whatever it is, you're refining your principles and practices to get into that end goal faster and more efficiently. The efficiency thing is something that typically happens after you have done that end goal. So let's say that really big person, fat and obese person, high resting heart rate can finish that marathon. They probably couldn't, but let's say they do. A more efficient way of doing it Let's say they need to get their body fat percent down. Let's say they need to get their resting heart rate down. There's all these different ways to make it more efficient. Maybe they've done it faster, but making it more efficient once you've already achieved that goal. That's what the refining process is. So when we start, when we've already achieved X, but we want to make it better and better, that's what refining is. Okay. The next thing is the immediate ROI tasks. Now I've only listed six here and I'll only list six of the of investments because they are very individual. But what basically... I'm giving you here is just the awareness of what it is. So immediate ROI tasks could be process goals, analysis, reflection, assessment, research, and planning. Whilst the long-term ROI investments, but actually 78, is networking, tracking metrics, specific training or exercise, reading, having a routine or habits. Uh, the next one is actually productive habits and then prioritization. So these things are long-term investments. Now, Immediate investments and long-term investments will be pretty similar because you should have immediate invest, uh, immediate return in networking. Sometimes you can have immediate to, uh, return in tracking metrics. You will have immediate return, although the longer you do them for, the more return you'll get. And with compounding, uh, you will get even more from it. Therefore, for the one cent that you give for your energy, over time, you might be able to get the three cents for it. And when we look at, when we look at the people who are at the very, very top and we're thinking actually not even metaphorically about the, the money which they have. You see some crazy statistics of like Bill Gates. And if you were to work on your current wage to get up to Bill Gates level of wealth in one day, you'd have to be alive for like 500 years on just a normal wage or whatever those ridiculous stats are. That's how we're talking about how the time of which you give and the time of which the top give and they get back. It's, it's ridiculous how much more they get back in return because their ROI is so high. Okay, the next kind of topic and the last topic is strategies for maximizing that. So the strategies for maximizing your ROI, I think it's 
again, it's it's that refinement, but I think it's also the experimentation of it as well. So it could be limiting those energy draining activities. That's the that's the quickest way to start making sure you have a positive investment. I think it's just limiting those negative energy draining activities. And then also identifying areas of which give you the highest return immediately. And then finding those high ROI things and investing in them over a long period of time so that you start getting that compound effect. So when you start doing it at the beginning, you may only get a 1.5 return for every cent that you give. Now that's completely fine. But over time, over a few years, you'll be able to get that 1.5 to a three, like I have myself. So when you're able to do that over a long time and you're able to refine it even more. And the reason why we get the the long time the long-term compound is because we start doing it better and better every time. So you have to start experimenting. I'd say experiment. Write down what's working. Start to find better ways of doing it. And consistently do it over a long period of time so you get the highest ROI on what you give. Now, I have to emphasize the, the point of experimenting, failing, finding what works for you and what doesn't. That's very important. So what your homework is, is one, the awareness of which this podcast should have already done for you. Two, identifying all of the high ROI things in your life. Three, getting rid of all of the low ROI things. And also just realizing that, yes, the rest edge should be a negative. It should be a negative draining thing. Although when you're doing something at such high caliber, that negative won't actually impact you so much. It will actually excel you. Because without that negative on one day, then for me at least, I feel like I can't or I have an excuse not to give the same amount of energy for the next day. So I have to have a reset in there so that I have a reason. I feel guilty that I kind of cheated myself so I can go harder the next day. And that sets the momentum for the week. So getting rid of all the negatives, increasing the positives, those are three simple tasks for you to start to it. Over time, you'll get on the flywheel effect. To start be able, you start, you'll be able to start refining it even more, getting more return on your investment for the sense that you give to it. And that's just the best way of starting out. And once you are down this path more and more, you'll understand what I'm saying more and more. So if someone listening to this for the first time, they may not understand anything. But that's your homework. Give it a go. See how you go. And now you understand how your money and your time that you give is a currency to spend it wisely.